As you're all aware, I read a lot of books about board gaming. One book that I read was A Board Game Education and its quasi-follow-up sequel book, More Board Game Education, and I'm joined in this episode by their author, Jeffrey Heinball. He and I talk about the usual stuff and decide that we should also compare our lists of board game books as he reads just as much as I do about board gaming. So keep an eye out as I'll post his list and my list of all the books about board gaming that we've read so that you can become just as big of board game book nerds as we are. Thanks for listening. Like lunch of board game. I'm your host, Adam Collins, and with me today is lawyer by day and board game author by late, late night, Jeffrey Heinball. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Adam. Thanks for having me on. This is fun. No, I'm so glad. Um, so, as most of my listeners know, I read voraciously about board gaming, board game history, board game design, whatever, and so in my ever-growing collection of books and amazon's algorithm they keep suggesting more and so your book uh, a board game education came up and i was like don't mind if i do so i grabbed that and then you had another little not so much a sequel but additional more board game education they're very entertaining books about not just the game itself, but how you can alter playing the game to enhance learning maybe a different thing or double down on what it's trying to teach in the first place. And I found a lot of it interesting because especially in the first book, because the first book of board game education, you covered a lot of the classic games. And uh, then the second one, you kind of got into a few newer games like you get to ride. But uh, I just found it really interesting. And so what inspired you to, other than, you know, boredom, I guess, and late night, uh, what inspired you to write a book about playing games differently than they're designed to be played? No, it's a great question. You know, um, obviously, one of the, the, I think, the misconceptions probably people have when they they maybe look at the book initially, and, and I, you know board game player since I was a little kid with, you know, with my family and then growing up and then obviously with uh, my kids and wife and like that. So, um, but, you know, one of the things that, that, that kind of the books are not is, is really a, a how-to type thing. You know, I, I quite frankly, I'm not sure you can write a how-to about Candyland. That might be the worst ever published. So what really struck us was, um, you know, my wife's a teacher. We actually homeschooled our kids for a while. And when I say we, um, she would shoot me because she homeschooled our kids and I, I clapped. Uh, she did it. Um, but very, she, she, very supportive. Good job. Very supportive. <laughs> yes. Supportive. In all fairness, if I tried, I, you know, I, I don't think they probably actually wanted me to help. It was, uh, but you know, one of the things we, we, we looked at is just obviously everybody learns differently. Um, and then, uh, my wife, Erica, who was again, a teacher started off in public schools over a number of different districts. And some of the districts had different uh, economic levels and, and you know, levels of support and like that. And one of the things that we noticed was, you know, 
some some districts don't have a whole lot that they can they can offer. So we're out trying to figure out what can we do to help you know. And we're talking about generally younger elementary school teacher. What can we do to help younger kids, especially kids that may be coming from disadvantaged backgrounds or at risk, um, to kind of help bridge that gap to bring them just up to speed to, to for educational levels. And and one of the easy things we looked at you know is is just board games. Um, and you know, Adam, to your point, is is as, as noted in the in the first book, it, it is you know we look focus primarily on what we consider classic board games. Um, and again, not from the standpoint of how do you win these games and, you know, what what's, and I, I do think the history, I, I'm, a, I'm a history buff, so I love the history. I, I found that to be fascinating as I dug into this. But really it's, you know, what can you do if you're, you know, you're teaching at a, a downtown public high school or public school and you've got 25 bucks or 50 bucks, um, what's some educational materials you can go out and buy? Well, you know what? You can always go out to a garage sale or a secondhand sale and you can find a bunch of shoots and ladders and monopolies and, uh, scrabbles. And so this is something that became, you know, another learning opportunity and we wanted to expand on that. So a little long winded, but that, that's really what was the genesis for the, uh, for the idea. And as we got into it and, and, you know, obviously spoke with a lot of, Educators, I'm not an educator, as, as obviously my wife would be quick to point out. Um, but as we talk to people that really do know this and the science behind this, um, you know, it, it, it's it's something I think everybody knows. But when you're sitting down and you're playing you know, Monopoly and you're counting out change and you're figuring out, you know, what 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 what, what you owe on a property as a little kid, that's learning, um, and that's what we were tapping into. So, no, absolutely, um, I use it. You know, I use games with my kids, obviously. My son's 10. He's been playing games for seven years. Um, and so, you know, he got into chess. Um, I'm not a big chess player, so um, it's more me just holding on as long as I can before the inevitable end. Um, yes. And sometimes I get frustrated with him, and I'm like, dude, just end it, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's just playing, he's playing yeah. with you. Yeah, I'm like, dude, I, I can't win this. Just go ahead and finish me off. Um, but no, I, you know, using it as a teaching is great. You know, like everybody, like you said, you wouldn't want to write a how-to book on Candyland, but I think a lot of people overlook the good that Candyland does for little kids. Color matching, turn-taking, counting. You know, all of that stuff is like good and especially with little kids like turn taking and winning and losing like Candyland's a pretty low stake game. So if you lose Candyland, <laughs> you know, well, even, even the development, even the development of fine motor skills, you know, the, yeah. the, the picking up, uh, picking up the piece, the counting the pieces out, you know, getting to where you can count, you know, even that, you know, you count out four that tap, 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 tap to the point where you can count it out in your head without having to do that. Um you know, one of the things we found when we were doing the research on the book is um, it, it's it's great at that level. It's also at the other extreme. Um, these are these are games and and, and um, um, therapies that are used for folks that have suffered from traumatic brain injury um, or stroke. Um, it's a it's a relearning experience, and so both again both the fine motor skills, picking up kind of the you know coordinating it with with the with the thinking of the brain and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's a really interesting. Use and it's it's something that's been in use for a long time. It's certainly not something we we came up with. That's uh or something we discovered. No, but I mean it's good stuff. I mean that's what I really enjoyed about it was just 
the idea, you know, gave me some ideas with my kids. Like, personally, my son likes the game of life, and I hate that game. <laughs> I I despise that game. It takes too long to have no skill. Yeah. And, but you know, it is what it is. Wait, that's a good that's a good game to put a variation on there and 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 focus on a few things. I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Same thing with payday. <laughs> yeah, payday was kind of the ripoff, but yeah, um, but yeah, I you know there was a lot in there, and, and I guess like you said, the history. I loved how every every one of the games you brought up, you talked about the history of the game, how it got, you know, where it got, where it came from, how it got to be. Then the I always found the observations also very interesting. Um, one of my favorite was the boggle when you mentioned that it appeared in King of the Hill because that's such a funny episode of King of the Hill is the boggle championship. Um, but I, for anybody, you know, the the book is really fun because it has all that different stuff to it, not just you know, slap numbers on Candyland and now you've changed the dynamic. It also talks about where Candyland came from and other cultures and stuff and. Personally, I love Clue, so I loved reading the chapter on Clue about, you know, it was designed basically in the basement during the uh, Blitz, or not the Blitzkrieg, but the nightly bombings of the Germans of Europe or of uh, UK. So now, I had a lot of fun. No, I, I, you know what? And actually, I think, you know, that was actually, from my standpoint, probably the most fun part of the ride. They did, you know, you it, it, it tends towards, it can tend toward a little bit of an academic research paper, which gets, you know, can be a little dry um, for even for me, and I wrote it. So, um, but I, I do think, and I think most of the folks that probably listen to your, your podcast are aware. But you know, the the, the the place of board games within the popular culture, um, and and obviously even currently not not even, but even as they've currently just taken off with with popular culture and the place of board games. But you know, this is something that's been around for 150, 200 years. Um, you know, we've got. To, to the point of the game, you know, the game of life, which was, I agree with you as, as well. But you know, the fact that Milton Bradley was making little pocket-sized game of life uh, games to, for Civil War soldiers to take with them to the battlefield, you know, that tells you this thing's. I mean, this thing's been around. You know, they, they, they've been through so much, and, and you know, that's what the, the, the kind of the texture of these games. And as a, as a designer, you know, you know, I think that. As you, you would know as a designer, I mean that that, that brings a lot more light to the game. Um, yeah, that's that's what, quite frankly, in my view, that that's that's what some of the great games we've got now you know, have been built on the shoulders of some of these old classics. But that's where a lot of nowadays people, you know, I've been kind of getting into more of the older games, the more classic games that you don't know are classic, and then you think about man. Like I, I keep bringing it up, I apologize to my listeners because I'm going to bring up Acquire again. But Acquire is such a mind blowing game to come out in the early '60s. It's insane to think like that game is you know 60 years old and has no dice. It has no spinner. It has really doesn't have a board. It just has like you know I mean the, the center board, but there's no like moving pieces around, and it's. It's amazing, even by today's standards, what a great game that people don't, not enough people know about. Let's put it that way. Because, you know, that game, 60 years old, and it's still just amazing. And 
that's where I get in trouble is reading, you know, reading all these books about board game history. And I'm like, Ooh, got to find that one. You know? <laughs> so how did you get into gaming? You said you played when you were little with your family growing up. We did. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we were, you know, probably fairly typical, you know, um, suburban family in, in America. We played, we played Monopoly. We played, uh, um, you know, we played Clue. We played Scrabble. Um, and I had, you know, I had, my, my dad was, uh, a physicist, a scientist, uh, so he had, he was a math skill science side of it. My, my mom was a, a school teacher and she had the English side of it. And I mean, it was, it was some great nights. Now it was interesting also to watch them try to play Monopoly together because it was, it, it was ugly. Um, <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, that was, that was, it, it was a, it was a, and again, I don't want to go back into the, you know, walking, I walked 10 miles uphill in the snow each way type thing. But, um, you know, we obviously we didn't have, I, I'm probably older than a lot of your listeners. We didn't have, we didn't, we did not have internet. We, you know, when Pong came out when, you know, in late seventies, I thought it was the most amazing thing ever. But you know, prior to that, it was, we had, you know, board games. And, and so we played it. Um, it was, it was portable. It was, it was fun. It was, it was, and, and for, for me and, and, and for my friends, we would also play, uh, you know, prior to getting in, we got into Dungeons and Dragons and some of that a little bit, which, uh, you know, um, kind of led into other things. But, um, you know, for us, it was a great social activity. Um, and it still is for our, you know, our family, our kids. Uh, we flip, you know, we have the board games, we've got the card games. You know, I, I have a, our son is 28 years old and lives in Hermosa Beach with three other guys, you know, that all have jobs, do different things. And one of their favorite pastimes is they go down to the pool and play Catan. I mean, that's, you know, and Sounds great. Yeah, I, yeah, I was like, you know, and, and we're not, we're, we're fine with that. Of course, we, we couldn't do anything if we weren't fine with it because it was in California. So anyway, so but anyway. No, that's great. Yeah, man, Catan by the pool, man, sounds <laughs> sounds awful, man. Just <laughs> drinking one hand, throwing my dice with the other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a lot worse ways to spend your day. Yes, sir. Uh, so if I came to, you're at Ohio, right? Cincinnati? Yeah, Cincinnati, right. So if I came to Cincinnati, Ohio, what game are you guys currently playing? What's your current favorite game? You know, current, I, it, 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 it rotates for me. Um, and it, you know, it rotates and, and I don't, I, I can't tell you any rhyme or reason, but right now, um, we are really, we, we've got a fellow set up and we love a fellow. Um, and and I think part of that is I, you know, I'm a big texture and feel guy for whatever reason. I I love the Othello pieces. They're just they feel there's some substance to them. They have like this cool kind of clink to it, and um and you can play the game. You know, you play the game in 15 minutes and you set it up and you play it again. I mean, it's it's you know it's I I like the fast. I, it's so right now it's a fun. Yeah, it's a good two player game too. Yeah, I it's um it's it in. It's fun too. My wife and I are pretty evenly matched, although I think I'm on a losing streak right now. But we are generally pretty evenly matched, which makes it fun. Too. <laughs> until you until you hit that losing streak, and you're like, I don't think we're evenly matched anymore. Yeah, that's that's the only when we switch games is when I, I I'm on that losing. Streak, <laughs> they, so, <yeah. laughs> My well, family did that to me on Machi Koro. I was winning so much, they're like, Hey, let's play something else. And I'm like, Why? I'm winning. What What about you, Adam? What What, what What's your go to right now? Oh, uh, so. Uh, I we play tested a lot of games here lately. 
uh, with the pandemic and, uh, well, I got COVID, uh, two weeks ago, so I couldn't do anything else. So I've cleared out some games I've been playing. Uh, we really like, um, the game called Dueling Dice, uh, by Mythica Gaming. I've been yeah. trying to tell the guy, get this game up on your website, man. You guys start selling this to, to the wider audience. It's, um, very dice. It's just dice and you get, so everybody has cards that have a specific combination of dice that you're trying to get. And so it uses the whole polyhedral set. And it'll, so like you have a color and I have a color and then there's the white community dice in the middle. And it'll say like any D 10 under five or under, you know, five or under. So you're trying to roll a D 10 under five, but I don't know what you're trying to roll. And I don't know what it, you know, and you don't know what I'm trying to roll. And our dice go into a pool. So if you, if I roll a die and you need it, you can take it. Uh, you know, and so, yeah, yeah it's great. And it's so interesting because it'll be like, you have to have a color D4 higher, you know, three or four. And you're like, 50%, I can do that. Nope. <laughs> you know, odds are evens. Oh, yeah, it's a 50% chance. Nope, you know. But it'll tell yeah. you whether the die has to be colored or if it has to, or it could be any, and any could be the community dice. And each card, depending on how hard it is to get the combination, you score points, and the first person to score 15 points worth of cards wins. Uh, that could, I like it, too. I, I get a little physical there fighting over dice. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it happened the last game. Uh, my son took the, the D12 I needed, and it, like, cost me being able to score, like, six points because he took that one D12, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Of all the dice, you take that one. <laughs> so it's a really fun game. I'm really hoping that uh, the guy's name is Jimmy. I hope he gets it up on his website soon because it's it's a good one. Uh, we've been playing that a lot. So, and then a lot of no thanks. Have you ever played no thanks? No, I don't, no, I have not. I'm yeah, not. that one that one is a three plus players by Amigo Games. It's fantastic. It's just a deck of cards, um, numbered three to thirty five, and a little baggie of tokens, and it is fantastic. And it's like six or eight bucks at Target. It's usually hanging on the peg next to Uno. <laughs> My kind of game right there. That's right. Nope. That's right. Don't have to hunt it down. I like so we're okay. so working at the law firm. Do you uh, do you guys get together and play uh, games at lunch? Not as much. Uh, yeah, you know, um, we there are groups. I mean, we have we have had groups that uh, have gotten together, you know, and, and done some stuff. In but generally, lunch is so spread differently between you know when one guy's going where I'm when I'm going and. So uh, unfortunately, we don't really do much of it. I mean, we do we do we do play a lot of cards at night. Uh, generally, uh, generally we'll hold them, um, which uh, uh, is where I decide that you know, the odds are suspended when I have my cards, and that's why I usually lose um, because I don't believe them. But um, yeah, as far as as far as doing a lot with it within the day, we really don't. We just don't have it, it, schedules; just only don't work. No, I bet I bet it's a lot more complicated than. Uh, I used to work at a large company, and we basically all took, you know, lunch was 11.30 to 12.30. Everybody took it then, so we all got together and played games. It made, made it easy. No, that would yeah. be great. I, it would be it would, it would be great. I mean, there's, there's, I know there's other folks and there's other you know, guys that we work with that, that have the – have everybody's got their games, everybody got their things that they like, and, and we do have some pretty good conversations about them, but uh, you're just not really playing. <laughs> 
<laughs> I get it. So back to colors. Um, I've mentioned in uh, Dueling Dice, you have your own set of color dice. If the game has a color, do you have a certain color that you play? I generally go for blue. Solid. And how about your wife? Um, she would. If I'm going for blue, she would go for blue. Um, <laughs> no, I, um, I would probably go for blue. She is a she is a die diehard, and when I say diehard, I can't emphasize the word enough. A Michigan fan, so. Um, she will take blue uh, anytime she gets a chance. Um, that is not why I uh, take blue, but uh, I, I, I seem to take that as well. So I don't really <laughs> that much, though. How about you? Red. Or red. Yeah, go, go. Yeah. I love orange when there's orange available. Otherwise, it's, you know, I take orange when it's available. Otherwise, it's red. What what about uh, the Monopoly tokens, the old ones? Did you ever? <laughs> that's such a so that's a great question. That's a there's a whole uh, there's a book. Um, everything, man, what is it? It's right here next to me. It's a hilarious. Everything I know about business, I learned from Monopoly. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah no, I've got that. Yes, I've got that. <laughs> and so that's it's hilarious. I would always. Um, I usually would take like the hat or the uh, thimble because everybody wants the the battleship in the car, right? But right. after but after reading that book, I just want to keep taking the shoe because nobody ever takes the shoe. It makes you it makes if you said the shoe, I'd be like, you are unique completely. No one ever took the shoe. But now I want to take the shoe because it makes it make it puts off that you're weak and that you're not you're not you know you're not a hardcore player. And I'm like. From now on, I'm taking the shoe. There you go. It's so funny that you've read that book too. What a what a great book. There are some really good there's some really good board game books out there. There really are. Oh yeah, anything by Phil Orbanes is is definitely worth a read. Totally agree. Yep. Totally agree. I had him on the show a while back. Oh my gosh. That man, the stuff he's been a part of and that he's seen, that is just crazy. No, no, that's. You ever seen the? I think it's called Big Big Game Hunter. The um, I think that's what it's called. It actually may be, and he may be actually the website the guy. It, it's a it's a great resource. I mean, it it's got a, pretty much a little blurb, a history, and note on pretty much any hit any game that you can come up with. It's it's really interesting. Is that is that Bruce Whitehill's uh, website? Uh yeah, hold on a second. I can text. I've got it right here, actually. I'm pretty to... sure that's Bruce Whitehill, and he uh, is a friend of Phil Orbane's. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it. Yeah, that that man, that is that is awesome. That is a good resource. Yeah, It'd be careful if you go there. You can get stuck right down that rabbit hole, and because you're like, what's it? oh, let me look at this, and then they've got some great you know vintage pictures. Oh yeah. A really cool story, Adam. So when when I was doing the research on the first um, for the first book, um, as, as you probably know, you know uh, Hasbro basically, you know Milton Bradley, Parker Brothers, everything eventually has been acquired pretty much by Hasbro. You know, other than at least when it comes on the classic end of things. So we had a trip that we went up to uh, to Rhode Island to visit Hasbro, and they were very accommodating, very nice. Um, but they let me go into. They've got a basically their, you know, what I would say the rare book room type thing, but for their games. So they have one of the first oil cloth monopoly boards 
Um, I mean, you know, with, with, where the white cloth mm. was and everything like that. And, um, but it was fascinating. They had a couple of the, the Monopoly things that were, were that had been used um, to smuggle out maps in World War II, you know, type of POWs. They had some uh, just in, some incredible old Scrabble games. It was just, I mean, it was really, really cool. I mean, it, no, no, I was like, it's a shame you need to open this up and let people come in and look at this stuff. But they didn't take that suggestion. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to risk it. No, no, but it was, I mean, for, you know, when you look at this, the history of something, I was like, holy cow, this is incredible. Yeah, I would love to get up there and, and do that. I, I, I would, I'm going to put that on my bucket list. Maybe I'll do that. You know, I got, I got to, I got to, it, I just, the, the old monopoly stuff and reading about it and you, you, you hear all this stuff and all the old, old ones were like, it didn't even come with tokens originally. You just found trinkets around, around your house. Yeah. Right. That's hilarious. So how about a go-to 60 minute, one hour game? Um, I would probably, for me, I I'd probably ticket to ride. Um, I'm not sure. I could, I'm not sure it's necessarily going to take a, a one hour, one hour. But I mean, uh, you know, if, uh, I, I take a long time to consider my moves, so maybe it takes me an hour. Um, I, I, <laughs> you know, and I realize it's not necessarily in the category of classicness, but but I I love I love ticket to ride. I think it's so, love the expansions. I was going to ask you what uh, what board do you like? Africa. Yeah, yeah. I I just you know, because it's it's something I don't I'm not familiar with. Um, and 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 may become you know I, I may become familiar with it, and then it won't be as interesting. But I, you know, I thought for example, for our when we started playing Ticket to Ride, I love the fact that the map set turn of the century because you know you see you know Sault Ste. Marie on there, and after you go, what's you know Saul's you know what what is this because it's not even you know but a turn of the century that's that's a major. You know, a major uh, port, major uh, depot for for uh, goods in the United States, and people don't even know about it. Yeah, I, I love that. that's uh, yeah. So I, right now we're I, I love Africa. It's fun. Yeah, I I'm uh, I just got Rails and Sales. Oh, cool. I have not had a chance to play it yet, mainly because I wanted it. It takes up so much space, <laughs> <laughs> and I want to like play it with some people that really enjoy Ticket to Ride because I'm not sure how many times I'm going to get this to table, so I want to make sure I have a good group of people. You want to use your, your table space time yeah. a lot but well, yeah. Exactly. Now, did you see at the beginning of lockdown that they had that stay-at-home edition, the print and play? Yeah. Oh, man. We, my son and I printed that off and cut it up and taped the, the uh, board together. What a riot that was. What a great I, I, idea. That manufacturer, I think, is, is is has got the right idea. Very easy to work with. Uh, you know, I think they they they, I think they truly love. I love love games. I think they love the, the games for the for the good reasons too. Yeah, and then, I mean, Ticket to Ride's great. In in Days of Wonder, they make some good ones, but Ticket to Ride is that is their top line. They got they just announced today a new Ticket to Ride Ghost Train. Oh, I didn't hear it'll be, that. It'll be coming out this uh, holiday for Halloween. And then they got the city edition. Have you played any of those, like the New York and London and I Amsterdam? Have it. No, I have not. London is the best. Really? Okay. And it's okay. so great with two player, but it's so good with two player because it, it plays just so fast. But they have so many fun mechanics in that, and so like one of them is 
yellow card as a submarine. So you have the Beatles, and then you then you have cool. you have like the pink as the Rocket Man, and so like you, it's just they have the double decker bus and everything. It's it's great, and the map is awesome. Like I said, and then the mechanic that they kind of added to that one is also fun, and it plays so quick, like twenty minutes less. And so my my son and I played the the so much of it. And I'm like, man, then when they came with Amsterdam, we already had New York. Then we got London. Then we got Amsterdam and San Francisco's the next one. I've already pre-ordered San Francisco. I'm waiting on it to come out. I've been checking like, is there a date for this yet? You know, I I, want to see, you know, I want to play it. Um, So, yeah, those are fun because they're in their small maps, small amount of trains. And it's just, like I said, it's a real quick hit. Bam, 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 and you're done. So it's a lot of fun. You should definitely no, uh, check that one put, out. I just put it down. I've got no thanks in the London. Uh, the London <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get a call from your wife. You're not allowed yeah. to talk to my husband anymore about board games. That, that, you're well, might actually. So, yeah. That, that, <laughs> this that, giant box just showed up full of board <laughs> games. What did you do? <laughs> So, so how about a thirty-minute game, a half-hour game? Oh, oh boy, that that actually probably should have been uh, Ticket to Ride. Um, Ticket man, to Ride's I, a good solid forty-five minutes. There's nothing yeah, wrong with that. Um, boy, that's a good question. That's that's a good. I don't really, we haven't really, you know. I mean, again, I'm I'm kind of a old guy. So, I mean, one of the things I love, I mean, again, Othello is a very quick game. I like Mastermind. Um, oh, that so. one. I, I for, totally forgot about Mastermind. I played the heck out of that in grade school. Yeah. yeah it's, it's... And I totally forgot about it. And then it popped up in one of who knows which one of these books, but one of these books on this shelf and I'm like, oh my god, Mastermind! I totally forgot about that. And I told my wife, I'm like, I'm like, man, I think you'd really like this game. They were at her parents' house, and my father-in-law's like, oh, I have that in the basement. And we're yeah. like, <laughs> what? It, it, there it was, sitting in his basement, gathering dust. But Mastermind is so good. Yeah, I, you know, the the thing that's been funny, and part of the reason we liked it a little bit recently is. Um, you know, we, we like, you know, the rest of the, you know, 15 billion people in the world have, have gotten into Wordle. Um, and so I, I was trying to describe it. Some, you know, I said, Mastermind is kind of like Wordle with colors. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to deduce what it is. You've got clues. You get, you know, right one, wrong spot, you know, whatever. And yeah. I said, it's kind of, I said, it's kind of like Wordle with colors. And I said, except, you know, you can have a five-year-old figure it out too. So, you yeah. know. Oh, it's, it's great. I mean, I, yeah, I played it. Yeah, I mean, it had to be like third grade through sixth grade. Like one of my teachers had it, and I mean, we played it to death. Yeah. I totally and, forgot about how much I loved that game. Well, and again, Ab, not to not to beat the beat the dead horse, but I mean, Mastermind is is nothing but deductive reasoning. I mean, it is, it is just teaching deductive reasoning and logic. And that's that's so you can't find a better thing, especially you know, you for example, third to sixth grade, you're in the sweet spot. You've got kids that are, are are learning deductive reasoning by playing a game, and you can't beat that. No, it it, it is. When did that come out? The seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was about fifteen, 
years old when I was playing it. Well, I won't go to how old it was when I was playing it. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it this way. I was a little older than uh, third or sixth grade. Um, so how about a hidden gem, a game you don't think gets enough attention? Um, well, again, I, I, you know, I, I tended, I tended to go back towards, uh, older games. There's a, there's a game that I grew up with, which I have not been able to find. I found it once on eBay, um, this game called prize property, um, which is, it's basically like a developer game. And, and part of the thing for me is it, it probably, cause I played it so much when I was a little kid. Um, you know, you had little buildings that you put on there and you basically take some, it, it, it would probably be now known as uh, destruction of uh, protected wetlands or something. <laughs> yeah. building high rises on what is probably you know a really nice area. But I love I love I love prize property. Now that the other one I I'd, um, I'd say more common would be Stratego. Um, I'm a big Stratego fan. Uh, still, I'm a big Stratego fan. I, I think I, I just the, the simplicity of Stratego. To me, is a, is an absolute blast. Um, but and then the last one I would say, which is again not one that is that well known, uh, but back in the seventies, where I I learned the electoral college concept of the electoral college of a, of a game called Landslide, which basically is a it's a board game about presidential elections and and you know it teaches you about states have you know electoral votes and it's a great game. Um, you know, well, let's put it this way. My memory of it is a great game. I don't actually know if it's still a great game. <laughs> May not hold up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, Stratego is an interesting game because it is a fantastic two-player game. And again, it's one that my, my wife played a lot with her dad growing up. Yeah. And so when we were dating, we played Stratego against each other. And I didn't have a lot of strategy in a game called Stratego. Um, and so she just pummeled me. And so one game, I'm like, I'm tired of getting beat. I'm going to sit down. I'm actually going to try to figure this out. And she set this board up for me just to do what I normally do, which is just rush in and die. And I went right through her defenses and, and took her flag. And she was like, why didn't you do what you normally do? I'm like, because every time I do what I normally do, I get beat. <laughs> yeah. That that is one where you can start to get a player's tell a little bit because the uh, you know the bo- the bomb in the front corner uh, thing doesn't always work real well on that one. Um, you know, if you really want to, I mean, again, this this may put you in the label of uh, going on some sort of watch list, but um, if you uh, you can, you know, YouTube has some actually, you know, Stratego has some Stratego's got a really good international following. Oh yeah, um, so they'll have the you know, the international championships of Stratego. That's actually fascinating to watch. There's a couple of them on YouTube, which again I will watch. And someone who I watch would be like, "What? Well, we're done." <laughs> idea. But don't uh, don't mind Jeff. He's watching Stratego. Yeah, no, I, you know I was. That's like before the uh, the the video. I can put quick. That's like the early versions of whatever you know. Watching the video gamers or whatever. I'm I'm watching the guys playing Stratego. But I, to me, I mean, it is. I I just think it, it could be a different game every time. Now it's your book. I just checked to make sure before I blamed you. It is your book. I talked about Stratego 4 and Ultimate Stratego. I didn't even know these other weird versions of Stratego existed. 
and now I've got to find them because I want that. What was it, Stratego Legends or whatever? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I, I will say this, uh, Adam. Uh, and again, maybe I'm traditional. I, I, I'll just, I'll take, I'll just take regular Stratego. Um, oh yeah, but there's three of us that play. So if I get Stratego yeah. four or Ultimate Stratego, it's like Chinese checkers combines with Stratego, and you guys all end up in the middle. It's, it's, it is, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah, and then turns out my neighbors have it, and I'm like. <laughs> I need to borrow that. And they're like, okay, yeah, whatever. <laughs> they like, they look at me like, don't you have every board game? And I'm like, not even close, but thanks. Oh, uh, but then that, that Stratego legacy or legends or whatever it was, where you like buy armies. I'm like, how did this not take off? And why are we not supporting it now? <laughs> um, what you? What, if, what, what's your, what's your hidden gem right now? Uh, so my hidden gem is uh, is a game called Universal Rule. It's a uh, eighteen card game by Buttonshy, and it takes the four X idea of so normal game that takes like hours to play because you're trying to like eliminate everybody and take over whatever you're battling over space or the continent or whatever. Boils it down to eighteen cards and it plays in about thirty five minutes. Really. And it is absolutely insane. Chip Beauvais, uh, just he knocked it out of the park with it. And then his wife, Sarah, actually did the artwork for it. And, oh, man, it, there's just something about the fact, like I said, they, they took he took the concept that usually takes half a day to play, right? boiled it all down into 18 cards and really only 17 because the 18th card is like a bonus card you can get. So there's only 17 cards in the game and yet you get a whole, the whole 4X feel and it's, I just, I love it. That's, I got it. Yeah. That's another phone call from your wife, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, do you ever dabble with Kickstarter and get on there and lose a lot of money? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I, we, we've supported some of our friends, um, who have, you know, uh, are in board, they've done some board game design. The, the, the only thing is, it, the only thing that always concerns me is I, I love, I love board game designers because they, they're creative. Um, and I love supporting creativity. Um, I think you can tell when, you know, I have one book named Board Game Education and the other one called More Board Game Education. <laughs> That creativity does not go real well with me. So I am a fan of those who have creativity. So yeah, we, we, we've supported some. I, I, I mean, to me, the more, the more, the more board games that can get published, um, and the more new ideas that get out there, uh, the better. Um, I, you know, I, my only concern always is, you know, getting it manufactured and then, you know, finding distribution and finding, you know, finding good methods of distribution for new board game uh, publishers and manufacturers. Uh, that's tough. That's just a yeah. tough. So what we, you know, speaking from that, that side, yeah. what I try to do is uh, I try to turn a lot of my friends and other small, you know, you have one game or two games uh, is to look at a consolidator. Um, yep. They, you know, fun again games and, so they did they've done helped us with distribution for our game fences, which if we ever get to the shipping crisis and get everything over here, we'll have a second round of uh, games. Uh, 
<laughs> but uh yeah so that's that's been like the best thing i've done is to, is to go down that path and you know because asthma day or you know whoever's not going to want to pick up my my game you know it's just one that's all i offer but if i can get in with fun again games yeah. and then get one or two more games start getting a bigger catalog then maybe we can no i i, I think it's fantastic and i do like the idea that the consolidation you know, using consolidator i there's just so many really good ideas out there there yeah. really are um and so many unique ideas um, i have them sitting all over my house and i <laughs> even play and i even played some of them <laughs> Well, I've got fences down, so it's uh, you know, it's 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 on the list now too. So I've got. <laughs> yeah, it'll be good. Uh, I'm excited for our expansion pack, which we put together right at the beginning of COVID. And the problem was the beginning of COVID. Everybody, like nobody knew what was going to happen, and so we launched, and it didn't it didn't fund. But it's because you know everybody was like, "Oh, what's going to happen?" And then. Right. And now that that's all gone, board games and stuff are back on Kickstarter, like, you know, flying off the yeah. shelves like crazy. So we're uh, getting, like I said, we're ramping up and we'll be launching that again in September. But it was funny because I remember finishing the the last couple test runs on the expansions we did over Zoom calls. And so my cell phone was in the the light over the kitchen table being supported by a ruler on one side that we had, we had a, uh, we had a post-it note with an in for North that we put, just put it down. So whatever orientation the phone decided to use that day, we knew right. which way was North. That was up. Maybe this is up. Maybe this is up, but we had, we had it. We knew an up. Yeah, you know, I love it. I love it. yeah, that's really how we covered. finished it. You gotta love it. Yeah, I mean, what else are you gonna do? <laughs> my son was on one side of the table, I'm on the other. My co workers are over here on the computer. My phone's <laughs> up in the, the light, and we're just like, okay, let's play. Yeah, that's great, man. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's you know, reading about them, you know, books on like i said on anything to do with board games i've got like history and lists and design and so when amazon was like you might like this book and i'm like <laughs> I don't mind if i do uh, i might like this book you know uh one thing i want to mention before i forget is that you cut in the more board game education you call sellers of Catan the monopoly for millennials and i cannot agree more with that statement, how Catan just kind of just like already a classic game that everybody's played. Yeah. And, you know, will it ever sell as many copies as Monopoly? Probably not. It's, you know, Monopoly's got like a 4 million or billion lead on it, but it is, you know, a great game that really, in my opinion, has what started all of this, renaissance this revolution of board gaming so no i i agree with you 100 agree with you i think it's a fantastic i did not i did not pick it up until later i'll be honest with you i i my that's when my son actually was more interested in and i was when i, I was a holdout it was just i had other games i wanted to play and 
Um, he and his uh, friends started playing it, and they eventually said, "You, you, do, you know, Dad, you like this?" And I do. I do yeah. like this. Um, you know, I think that the, the the landscape for gaming now and, and for board games now, from an educational standpoint, is you know way. I mean, I, again, don't get me wrong. I love the classic games. That's that's what I wrote about. That's what I, I think are fantastic. But I think if you look at some of the games like your son's playing right now, the impact and the, the the level of thinking and cognitive development and everything else that goes with those games, I mean, it's 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 you know light years ahead of some of the, the stuff that was just even even twenty twenty five years ago. Um, oh yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's incredibly going to be incredibly helpful. Oh yeah, it's insane and. Because that he plays chess at a lot higher level than I do, and <laughs> uh, so any game that he can equate to chess, I'm just I I'm at a complete disadvantage so fast. Fascinating, <laughs> uh, great. Uh, there was a, actually a really interesting, and I'm drawing a blank on the name. And I just finished with a book on. Uh, gosh, it was it was on about seven games that were all have all been solved by computer programs. Um, it just uh, just came out. You might find it really interesting, but it's uh, it's you know, back in and go. Um, uh, trying to think of the other ones. Um, po- poker, although poker's not been solved. Uh, checkers, um, chess. It's it's very fascinating. It's, I'm, I'm not mentioned that I don't really understand the whole you know advanced computer programming and uh, and everything else, but. Uh, it, it 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 is amazing when you look at these supercomputers, and actually, quite frankly, you look at the supercomputers and what they needed to do to develop to be on the same level as some of the greatest players in the world. Yeah, so. backgammon's another one that the son and I have really got into, and yeah. we we found a, a cheap set at like half price books for like five bucks, unopened, an old pressman, and then we were at like Goodwill and we found like a really nice set, which came with like you know. Thing to shake your dice and roll it like a cup and then it had the doubling cube and everything and we we're like oh my gosh we got to get this and, and the wife's like don't you guys already have a backgammon set we're like not like this we got a doubling cube that we can now gamble with so i mean yeah, even this, has a, this has a doubling cube this comes with a case you know it came with the, the little shaker and i'm like we don't have one like this but then uh i was playing around i don't even know how i came across it, it had to be board game geek I guess I don't know, but but backgammon. We I found Army Man backgammon. No, I don't know that. And so you download these rules, and then based on the stance of your Army Man, he has different abilities. <laughs> oh, you gotta be kidding! I am not. Well, that, and it, that... it is amazing. So we went on this, <laughs> this and so we just got uh, the game Combat Storm, which is. Um, a game that a guy wrote about using army men and then building to a certain size army and then they can move a certain distance and it's kind of it's really kind of an intense way to play army men but it's awesome right right we had all these army men already and then we but we needed ones in certain in certain stances for the game so we were like going to like walmart and stuff and like right. shaking the container around like Does this happens right? yeah a little great yeah. yeah. So we have a green army and a tan army, and we we use it to play army man backgammon. So it, I'm just curious, the guy that's on the local, like the phone communicating guy, what does he have any special? Yeah, he does. Um, golly, I cannot remember what he does. He does. He has a special thing because he can like radio ahead. 
So yeah. it's was, something to do. That was my favorite army guy. Was the little guy that you know, was on the on the telephone. Yeah, <laughs> and then like there has like the the guys that are flat, you know, with the snipers, they shoot farther, you know, and it's it's hilarious. And the rules, like it's all free. You can like if you go and keep clicking on the links, you'll find it for free. Yeah, I, I, I love that movie. It's oh, that game is great, but now you throw army men into it, and it's like, this is even better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we need to compare uh, bookshelves of uh, board game books and make sure we've got them all. <laughs> okay, uh, mine have all been moved into my other office because my wife's like, these are not going to stay in our house. So, uh, um, that uh, I, I'll tell you what, there's some, there are some, there's some great. There's some great, actually, there's a, uh, and again, I always forget on the name, but you, you may have it, uh, on basically the history of Scrabble, but it's, it's, um, it's a more recent one on a guy that he, I'm drawing a blank on what, what his, what his name or the author's name, but he, he, in essence, decided to live a year just going and getting, trying to get really good at Scrabble and going to all these Scrabble tournaments and kind of, I mean, ho- you know, holiday in to holiday in for these little local Scrabble tournaments and stuff like that. It's, it's, a guy's very funny. I think he, I think he wrote for the Post or the New Yorker or something like that. Obviously, very very different publications, so probably one or the other, not both. Um, but uh, really good book. Uh, not to, not to that. look at that. I'll have to find that one. But yeah, like I said, anything by Phil Orbanes, I've got um, what a, it's such a wealth of knowledge in, in his his books. Um, I've got all kinds of weird ones on Monopoly and all these interview books and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, I'll, I'll send you a list of the books I have. No, that'd be great. I, I'll, I'll do likewise. That'd be fun. I'd love to do oh, that. Man. I mean, that's, that's how I find interesting people like you to talk to, you know, read the book, reach out to the author. No, this has been great. I've enjoyed no, this a lot. No, I appreciate you coming on the show. It's um, likewise. I've had a great time talking with you. Um, I recommend the book, which is a board game education. And then the little, we'll call it kind of a sequel, <laughs> uh, more board game education. And they're very interesting. Like I said, if nothing else, reading the history and the observation of every of every game is worth the price of the book. Um, just because to me, that's always the interesting stuff. Thank you. I appreciate that. Very nice of you to say. And I, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to my 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 first uh, my first copy of Fences. So this will be yeah. great. <laughs> I'll get it out to you. Hopefully, uh, hopefully our next shipment gets here before uh, Sin City Con in Cincinnati, which I will be at. Fantastic. Yeah, and uh, I'll give you a copy there. So, well, and I'll, I'll I'll take you out. We'll we'll get some Skyline chili, and then you'll have to run and sprint back to the bathroom immediately. <laughs> That's it's free enema. What can you do? You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you guys want to reach out to me, it's facebook.com slash groups slash eat lunch and board game, elunchandboardgame.com, or you can email me at elunchandboardgame at gmail.com. And remember, board games build bridges. Stay 
staying in tune with all things sports around Indiana and the nation with the Crash Course Podcast. Each week, we tackle the big storylines from the world of the Colts, Pacers, and the Indiana College scene, while also keeping a pulse on the nation. We record live weekly at twitch.tv slash 3C Media, and can be found on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be heard, you can catch the Crash Course Podcast. When you're gaming, why not be comfy? Go over to supportplayer.org. Click on the cards, pieces, and dice to get some merch. These t-shirts are some of the most comfortable I have ever worn. That's supportplayer.org, and there's a link on eatlunchandboardgame.com. 